victimhood is not where you need to live in anymore because no one's coming to save you. So you need to do your best to come into your power. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in Divine Timing Beauty. Let's dive in. Hi, my love, and welcome back to Sacred Work. Honored as always to be here with you for another episode. And today I am sitting down for such a powerful interview. We are welcoming the incredible Tatiana Skroskis to the show, and you might know her a little bit better as the Trap Witch over on Instagram. This conversation is incredible, and I knew that it would be, honestly. Tatiana and I connected about two years ago now over on Instagram. We were blessed to be brought into a group of women. There was a few of us in there, and everyone just doing amazing sacred work in the world, and I just really connected with Tatiana and we had some beautiful conversations and so I really wanted to bring her magic and her light to the show. I love the way that she shows up online for her audience, what she speaks about and I knew she was a guest that we needed to bring here to Sacred Work. So that is what we have done today and honestly this conversation goes in so many intuitive beautiful directions which is no surprise because Tatiana is an intuitive coach. She's an intuitive healer She does transformational coaching. She is a bridge, a shadow worker, an expert in all things divinity and astrology and intuitive downloads and really just someone that helps people to transform pain into power, to turn confusion into mindfulness and to really know your purpose and that you are on the right path. And she is so incredible at the work that she does. And she infuses so much of that in today's conversation. What I love about this conversation is that it is so raw. It's so honest. There are no walls up and it's truly just such a transparent insight into how she shows up for herself, both in life and in business. And so much of what she said resonated with me, with my journey. And there's so much that we talk about in there that honestly, like I said, it really is just that sort of behind the scenes look. We talk about our own experiences with social anxiety, imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, insecurities, and what the path of shadow work has really allowed her and myself to do in order to move through those things and why it is such an ongoing journey that we are always on and why that is such a beautiful thing and something to never be feared. We talk about the importance of doing things scared, how you don't have to be confident in order to show up confident. And Tatiana talks about the importance of a spiritual practice for developing your confidence. We talk about the importance of taking calculated risks and why life is kind of like this beautiful flow between intuition and calculated risk and why that is so important that we understand that. 
We touch on understanding the 3D and the 5D and how to play between and honor both worlds. Tatiana talks about sovereignty and how to crown yourself, you know, moving through the pit to the palace is what she says, which I absolutely love because I truly believe it's such a testament to the journey that each of us go on, especially as entrepreneurs, you know, going through, peeling back the layers, doing the inner work that allows us to really show up as our fullest expression of ourselves, you know, really showing up putting our sacred work into the world. So much of that comes from really doing the inner work. And we talk a lot about that today. Tatiana, like I said, really dives deep into her background, her history, how she came to where she is today. We talk about sexual energy and seduction as a part of your spiritual journey and really how to honor the magic that is in the chaos. And that to me is so encompassing of what magic Tatiana actually brings to the world. You know, how to understand that the chaos is such a beautiful place and why so much is really birthed there. We talk about shifts that are happening in Aquarius season and in 2022 going forward, removing self from superficiality and why authenticity is so important and going to be so paramount going forward as well as so much more. Now I could harp on and on about all of the good stuff that's inside of this episode, but I won't do that. I'm going to get us straight into it so that you can hear it straight from Tatiana herself. But honestly, I loved this conversation and I'm so excited for you to listen. So as you do, please make sure to screenshot your favorite parts of the episode, share it on social media, tag me at this is Tayray, and you can tag Tatiana at the trap witch. Excited for you to dive in beauty. Enjoy. Welcome back, my loves, to another episode of Sacred Work. I'm so excited to be sitting down with not just you, but also with a beautiful guest today. We are being blessed with the presence of Tatiana Skroskis, aka The Trap Witch, and I'm sure you would have come across her magic over on Instagram. How are you, beautiful? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored. Oh, I'm honored to have you. And we were just saying before we hit record, we connected what I thought was about a year ago, but we actually were chatting about it. And I think it was a couple of years ago, a bit of a blur the last couple of years, but about two years ago, we connected over on Instagram in a group with a whole bunch of just high vibe, powerful women doing amazing sacred work in the world. And I was so grateful for that connection. I love the way that you show up. I love the magic that you put out into the world. And I'm really excited to have you on today and to really just dive into all that you are, all the magic that the trap, which is is and to share that with our audience. But before we do, we were just chatting before we hit record and I thought, you know what, let's bring this conversation to the podcast. I feel like this is powerful, you know, talking about the different seasons, things like that. And I'm not talking about autumn or fall or summer or winter. We're talking more about the power of the astrological world. And that's something that you are phenomenal at. And we were just discussing Aquarius season and what that was like for you. So do you want to share a little bit about that? And you said, you know, it was really powerful at the start of Aquarius season. And there was a bit of a shift going into Pisces season. Let's talk about what that was like for you. Aquarius season uh, started off very light, but you know, a lot of the messages that I got, although I'm not an astrologer, I am an intuitive healer and a lot of messaging coming through was that people the collective was feeling very heavy a lot of people were feeling heavy even the most I think faithful people I found were feeling disconnected from their faith the talk of suicide was very high 
people were feeling dark. And I think for a lot of people, they forget that, you know, although we were going into the Gregorian calendar, you know, we haven't reached spring yet. And so I think there was a lot of reminders going on that, hey, guys, you know, in a lot of parts of the world, it's still winter, it's still dark. The ground is still kind of cold, you know, things haven't blossomed and the things that you've planted in faith, don't dig them up in doubt. So I was finding that a lot of people were having a very hard time. And I think, you know, a lot of people were getting re-triggered with old traumas and old cycles coming back to revisit them. You know, a lot of people dealing with imposter syndrome, a lot of people dealing with doubt about the things that they're manifesting. I, at least I told my audience, you know, stay steadfast, go into a lot of self-care, go into a lot of gratitude. I know that in the month of January, going into February, I was telling people, try your best not to complain and start giving gratitude have a gratitude practice in the times that you're feeling heaviest so i myself did some major travel during aquarius season i headed to europe and things were a lot lighter there to me in europe at that time before heading back to the states so just being in self-care and being in joy and i think a lot of times people think that when things are not manifesting fully in their life yet they have to be extra hard on themselves and sometimes you just have to sink into joy, self-care, and gratitude, because that's also a part of doing the work. Yeah, I feel that so much. I feel that so deeply. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think, like you said, and I think through February and even now, like there's always so much going on in the world, right? No matter what time I released this, if I said there's a lot going on in the world right now, it would be relevant. And that's something that you speak to so much in the way that you show up and you connect with your audience. When you say, you know, self-care and, you know, being gentle with yourself, what does that look like? Is it the bubble baths and things like that? Or is it a little bit deeper than that? What do you mean when you say to people to really practice that self-care? I think you have to look at it very comprehensively, like a overall health practice. And when I talk about self-care, I mean physical health, I mean emotional health, spiritual health, uh, mental health, you know, they are all conducive to creating the bigger picture. You know, that's why even towards 2018, 2019, spiritually, a lot of uh, messages I was getting as well was saying to people, you know, don't put money in survival first. You know, I think that with the global climate of the pandemic, you know, a lot of it was bringing people back to self-care, but there was a lot of, you know, you can get distracted. There's a lot of panic. There's a lot of doubt. Um, So it was a good time for people to really invest into those modalities of their health. And so even I myself was neglecting my health as a healer and I had a reality check where I think this is good to put out there even as a practitioner. A lot of you know people who go deep into their spiritual journey, we want to denounce a little bit of Western medicine. And I think spirit has a way of bringing you back to reality that we can't disregard that's still a part of this very human existence. And we can't always meditate things away, manifest things away. So I always tell people I'm big on comprehensive care, combining the benefits of the 3D world and medicines that are available to us with a combination of spiritual modalities. So if you've ever seen, I'm not huge on pushing the bubble baths and the spa days on my page. You know, I think that's great, but it's very superficial. And I think it's important that although there are beautiful things that add to the superficial part of our journey, we have to go deeper. And 2022 is definitely a year we're going to see people 
having to remove themselves a little bit from superficiality on all avenues and aspects. You're going to see that in entertainment. You're going to see that in the spiritual world. You're going to see a lot of people realize that superficialness is not going to serve them into the next part of the journey that we're going into. So we have to go deeper into our spirits. We have to go deeper into our self-care. And when I say that, whatever is coming up from any of those emotional, spiritual, mental, or physical health that has to be dealt with. Oh, literally chills when you said that I resonate so deeply even how you said you know part of that journey really happened for yourself as well I completely agree with that I feel like for me over the last couple of years I actually did a post about this the other day just about like what redefining what abundance actually meant for me and that for me over the last two years has been a huge huge journey where like you said you know it's not so much about just putting the dollar amount or the money or the success like what else like what else do you want to encompass within your life like what else is actually important And so that's honestly, you know, I think that that is just such a powerful thing to really speak to is like, you know, what other areas of your life are you not necessarily giving the love and the care to and how can you go deeper on that? When you said that 2022 is going to be the year that, you know, the superficiality is removed, what do you see replacing that? That's a good question. People have to just get better at living their truth. You know, what's that quote that says the truth is long, often not hidden or something like that. And you're just going to see it's going to be harder for people to fake the funk. It's going to be harder for people to continue to show up. That's just not going to cut it. So where people have found it easy to coast on putting up the mask, putting up the front. I think we're gonna see more of spirit coming in with a lot of tower moments for people. I was just speaking about this today. You know, this morning I sat with my guides and they said astrologically today on my, I checked the astrology where they said today was a really good day for important conversations around women. And so I sat with my guides and I asked, you know, what's an important conversation that you wanna have for a lot of women in the collective right now? And they said, there's another wave of women that are resisting awakening to come into their full power. And so you can continue to resist these feelings of not speaking your truth or embodying your fullest expression, not embodying your highest power. Because, you know, this is the thing. A lot of people are dealing with high functioning anxiety, high functioning depression, and a lot of people are masking this. And you're going to find that these emotions sometimes are often invitations to their power. And so people are not going to be able to resist the shadow work. They're not going to be able to resist the invitation to start dealing with these things because you're just going to find that spirit's not going to coddle us living in victimhood much anymore spirit is going to drag you by your feet did you ever watch the show vikings a couple of episodes <laughs> you know it just made me think of like but ragnar you know ragnar lothbrook he had a son on the show who was disabled and this is not to be ableist but this scene just popped into my head where you know he was born disabled but his father was really trying to bring him into his power and dig out other parts of his muscle that he was going to need because he he just said the world's not going to see you you know they're not going to have this empathy for you so you have to dig deeper and so i find that i think that spirit's really going to start dragging people and just say to them victimhood is not where you need to live in anymore because no one's coming to save you so you need to do your best to come into your power and so it's not to bypass the emotions that we feel about our smallness 
or unworthiness. It's about confronting those. And so if we're having a hard time confronting these things within ourselves, we're going to get still thrown into lots of cycles, triggers, situation, a lot of chaos, because there's magic in the chaos. And so if people want to run from the chaos instead of standing up towards it and finally going through it with belief in themselves that they're capable to endure it, you're going to find that, you know, a lot of people are going to, you know, I think that's part of what's going on. Like I said, even in the heaviness of the beginning of Aquarius season and Pisces season where you're seeing people are like, I'm just not built for this. And spirits like you are, if you're ready to be in the magic of the chaos. Oh my, honestly, I got chills and I could just feel that like coming through you so strongly then like it was just this beautiful beautiful flow I love what you said about the magic and the chaos and really like not being afraid to go there and do the deep inner dirty work that needs to be done again so much of what you're saying you know even for my own journey and that's all that I can really speak to and I'm sure for those that are listening they're going to resonate you know similarly I feel like the last two years has been a lot of that for me you know really looking at the deeper side of things the shadows all that sort of stuff I went through my Saturn return in March last year so that was a very interesting process and you know just unraveling a lot of those things and looking at a lot of the things that for a long time I'd sort of kept hidden and I'd pushed down and been like, I don't need to look at those things. That's fine. We're doing good without it. Like, and a lot of what you said there, you know, just kind of high functioning through like the anxiety totally resonates. But for me over the last couple of years, it really has been like, let's look at those things. And it feels like, you know, the peeling back of different layers every single time. And so Thank you for saying that because, you know, it resonated for me. I'm sure it will resonate for those that are listening. And for those that are listening and are like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this on a deep level. You know, like I know that there's work there that needs to be done. I know that there's things that are being pushed down. Where would you suggest that they start? You know, the concept of shadow work gets spoken about a lot, but how would one go about that if, you know, they're ready to do the work, but they don't know where to begin? So it's interesting because a lot of times I find when people are wanting to dig into shadow work, they're like, you know, what's, where's the book? Did I start or give me something to give me a blueprint? And I would say, start with all of your self-limiting beliefs all your addictions that you might have, you know, and I think the word addiction scares a lot of people because I think we only pin that on people who might have drug or alcohol problems. But let's look at where we have codependencies, where we define our worth against other people, where we are addicted to the love of other people, where we are addicted to being, you know, an addiction can even be like addicted to your insecurities. Where are your addictions and where are your deep rooted traumas? What are the things that trigger you? Sitting with all these things that at times make you feel weak, but also at the same time, sitting with the things where you are also strong. Most people don't recognize that it's really starting their journey into shadow work. Our shadow work is so that we can show up for our role and our position in the collective. Each one of us has a specific level of importance on this journey to the collective. And so I think it's really crucial to ask yourself, what are you good at? What were you born with? Who do you really think that you are at the core of yourself? Not your conditioning, not your self-limiting beliefs. You have to process those, but who do you really think you are? Or what are the things that you're really attracted to? Because often too, the things that we are attracted to at times, I mean, I want to stop there a little bit because yes, sometimes we are attracted to things 
through our conditioning. So we have to be mindful of that. But, you know, what are the things that are really calling to you? Because sometimes the things I think that are calling to you that you're scared to embody that you admire in other people is an invitation to yourself. So at least when I was going through the beginning of my major shadow work, it was really a struggle of all these great qualities and talents and gifts that I felt that I had. And then these self-limiting beliefs, addictions, and traumas that were holding me back from combining all of the stuff together, the light and the dark, in order to find this role, in order to find this position amongst the collective. So even the verbiage of like, you know, when a lot of times when we're doing this work, we are taking ourselves from the pit to the palace, right? It's what we have to allow ourselves to find our sovereignty and crown ourselves. So going from those deep, dark pits to your coronation, to your crowning, to your sovereignty. So I would say shadow work is the path to our highest sovereignty. And so, you know, because a lot of times I think we spend a lot of time just filling ourselves with a lot of information that might not be conducive to our own personal journey. So that's why I say always start with yourself and the things that you struggle with. Yes, I completely agree with that. That information overload, you know, there's like so many things coming at us from so many different angles and you can feel like you have to sort of incorporate all of them all at once. And then that feels overwhelming. And then that basically inhibits doing the work anyway. So I love that so much about like go internal, like figure out what is like the most aligned for you to start with and just start there again to share on my experience with this part of, you know, my Saturn return last year was really learning about my human design. I don't know what human design type are you? I'm a projector. You're a projector. I'm a reflector. And I only learned that. Oh, you're so special. You're 1% (laughs) of the population. So you're someone who has to be so mindful of the people that are around you because you sample everything. I think reflectors are so special. Oh, thank you. Well, I, what you said about sampling everyone and taking it all on, honestly, the last year of my life, it's so interesting because I did a YouTube video on it in April last year. And the other day someone commented on it and it made me sort of come back to the video and it's almost 11 months since I made that video. And watching the video, I was like, oh my God, I'm a different person, like literally a different person. The way that I was speaking, what I was talking about, how I was showing up for myself. Like there was so much, I was in such an unlearning phase of just like, okay, wait a sec, who the hell am I? Because as a reflector, I'd basically taken on every single other person and tried to like put it all together. And so I was in a very confused place about a year ago. And so it is just so interesting to really hear what you're saying and go, yes, that's exactly it. Because not everyone's a reflector, but as a reflector, I can say exactly that, where it was just like trying to take on every single thing that anyone was ever saying to me and trying to integrate that, that felt overwhelming and that made me not want to do it at all. And so I think, you know, giving yourself permission, like you said, to sort of just like start with one thing, work on the little things, like what you were saying, you know, is look at your codependencies, look at the limiting beliefs, look at the insecurities, you know, where do you feel weak? Where do you feel strong? Like starting there and then branching out slowly, but surely, because there is so much information out there, which is beautiful and we celebrate that and that's amazing but be mindful of the consumption of that and then what you choose to apply to yourself so no that's such a great message I really want to ask how did this whole journey for you come about you know as an intuitive healer as someone who you know regularly obviously you know you speak with your guides you speak with your ancestors like 
it's amazing. And I love everything that you share around it. But how did that start for you? Has this been a whole life thing? Was there like a bam, here it is? Like what was what was the journey for you? So I would say as a child, probably around four or five years old, I had feelings, sensitivities. I sensed things, but out of fear, I very quickly shut it down because I kept it inside. I didn't ask for help about it. And I didn't have anybody around me that could particularly help me with it. So I went to school for graphic design. So I have a visual communications major. And so I graduated, I think, from college around 2008-ish, I think. And I started working a job based on my degree and found myself very quickly really miserable with it. And so I decided I was going to go back to college and get my master's. And um, I was trying to combine my graphic design degree with a master's in commercial photography. I was trying to go the trajectory of probably being a celebrity photographer. My first job out of college, I worked for a published magazine, nationally published magazine, and I was meeting great people. And then as soon as I started, like really starting to throw myself into what I thought I wanted to do, I found myself really miserable. You know, I just felt stifled. It made me unhappy. It felt tedious. And so I always tell people, I do believe sometimes when we call out to the universe and it's in alignment with where we're supposed to be going, the universe will respond. And so I remember at that time going to watch the movie Eat, Pray, Love in 2009 when it came out. And those of you not familiar, um, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book called Eat, Pray, Love, and they turned it into a motion picture with Julia Roberts. And so I remember going to see that movie and I left the movie theater and I was like, I need one of those moments. And it was like, why do you feel like you need this like journey that this middle-aged woman went on sabbatical and you're just starting your life? And so I started saying, I'm like, I feel like I'm having a beginning life crisis. You know, I was like, I'm having a beginning life crisis because then I started feeling extremely depressed. I was feeling sad all the time. And so continue to try and push going towards my goals, but I just wasn't making any money. It was just really disheartening. And so in 2012, I had a friend who was also a photographer and he, you know, was always talking about this woman that he held to really high regards and he was kind of a playboy. And so he would talk about her with just such respect. And I'm like, who's this woman he respects so much? And, you know, because he's, you know, such a playboy. And so I friended her on Facebook and she came into my life and she was a spiritual woman. And she started telling me about the religion of Ifa. And she was telling me, she's like, oh, you're a daughter of Oshu. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what the fuck that means, you know, like, so she became my friend and my sister and she kind of took me under her wing and we would just party i was kind of a party girl back then and so we were we started off this journey partying together and then she saw you know i was down on my luck and she's like i don't know if you're familiar with the the movie uh players club here in america (laughs) okay so it's with lisa ray and um it's a movie about stripping and so she was like hey girl let me you know let me put you onto some game because that's like a famous quote from the um from the movie and so She pretty much was like, come to this place on Friday, be here at this time. And so pretty much she introduced me to the underbelly world of the adult industry here in Atlanta. And so she was just trying to help me make some fast money while I was trying to like get my life together. And at first I felt really resistant to it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. And then she's like, well, what else are you going to do? 
And so yeah, I'm like, you're right. And so I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this to the best of my capability. And so it was the sector of adult entertainment that it was, was sensual body rubs. And so what was interesting about this was I, in my life, had had so many escapades and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try and find a little bit of respect in myself while I'm doing this because I've been in a lot of bad situations beforehand. So it's funny how everything aligns because when I look back at it now, the way that I was looking to provide a service in that industry is much like how I was looking to provide a service as a healer that I am now. And so I made my own schedule. I got to go in when I wanted to. I got to pick the type of clients that I worked with. I worked, you know, on my branding, you know, what type of, you know, clients am I attracting? And so I always said, I was like, you know what? These are human beings. I don't want to just look at them as an ATM or a wallet. I want to look at providing a safe space for whoever comes into this room with me for the time being. And, you know, for me, it was really awkward being in a room naked with someone for an hour. So the way that I would pass the time was I would talk to them. And so I found myself being like, you know, hi, what's your name? What's your Zodiac? What do you do for work? Just making conversation. And what I found was I was learning how to create safe, sacred space. And so as I got more into that, I found myself not as enthusiastic about doing graphic design work. And, you know, I would get a few opportunities. I'd be like, look, I'm making such great money with doing this. Like, I don't want to do that. So it was probably into my third, fourth year of doing it. I started feeling like, oh, when I get out of this, I'm going to help other women who are either in this or coming out of it. I just knew that and I knew I was going to talk about it. And then I also knew that I was like, man, maybe I'm really interested in the practice of holding space. And so in 20, beginning of 2017, well, 2016, I really started awakening to the occult. And so when that girl had introduced me to Ifan Santeria, which are traditional African practices, every year I would start to do a little research, but I would pull back. So I was very much one of those people who was resisting my spiritual awakening. And I always tell people that my journey was kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you've ever watched it, like she was like, hi, I'm going to school. I'm a cheerleader. Let's go shopping. Let's do all this basic bitch stuff. And Giles shows up and is like, you're the chosen one. You're the slayer. Come with me to the graveyard. She's like, that's great. You're crazy. I don't know who you are. Go away, please. And so he just kept coming back until she surrendered to her destiny. And so every year after I met that girl who got me into sex work, people would just come and like befriend me. They would introduce me to these modalities of spirituality. They would end up like pissing me off. We would fall out. And so my ancestors literally provoked me into being interested into receiving their call home. And so at the beginning of 2017, after really starting to immerse myself into the research of the occult and then realizing I was a great space holder, I had built my website to provide healing services through talk therapy and divination, but still was not finding the confidence to sell myself. Like I was like, how the hell is someone going to want to work with me? But I wasn't even sure how to go about this, but I 
was also resisting that the same way that I had done it with sex work would have to be the same way that I would do it as a healer. So just as I would wake up in the morning and create an ad to entice clients to come see me, whatever information, whatever things I had to say through being an oracle becomes the seduction for your clients to come work with you. And I see you, I see your faces were saying because I always tell people in order to go on your spiritual journey and to access the highest levels of it, you have to understand sexual energy. And so I'm so grateful for spirit putting me through the realm of sex work because that at times people feel like it's a lower frequency of sexual energy, which yes, at times it can be, but if you can understand that, you can still unlock higher levels of spiritual sexual knowledge. And so what I found was, and this is really important to me as a projector in human design, is that I have to learn to get on my pedestal or get on my soapbox daily, speak my truth, speak the downloads, speak as an oracle of what spirit is directing me to and being very obedient to that. And whoever is seduced to that can then invite me into their space to work with them in order to get the information because you know if you're into human design you know projectors we cannot no matter how great our information is we cannot give it to people who are not consciously or unconsciously consenting to it no matter how great it is so for me just like how i ran my sex work business is how i run this business where i show up I put out the energy and the frequency that I want to put out. And then I'm waiting for those who are consciously ready to invite me to help them create the tools necessary. You know, I always say I'm more of like an intercessory when people are not knowing how to connect to spirit, I connect to spirit for them to then help them understand how they can connect to themselves in spirit. And so I'm there helping them build the bridge by showing them the tools or showing them what's in their toolbox by being a mirror. But for me, it's really important, just like how when I'm a very much a person, I think this is an Aquarius thing, I think you can relate to this. Aquarius is we are empathetic enough to hold space for people, but detached enough not to create codependencies with them. So I'm very much about giving as much to a client as possible as I can so that they're not codependent on me, you know, so building very independent, constantly healing people. And I think, you know, healing is not a destination, but I try to keep my clients as independent as possible. So just, you know, not expecting people to ever come back. You give your best. If they come back, they come back. But just showing people the mirror and inviting them to the change. And it was funny, I just had a reading for myself before we got on the call. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the cards of life, but it's a great reality. Um, it's called cardology and I'm a five of spades. But the lady said that a huge part of my energetic imprint is to be a disruptor. You know, I'm an earthquake. I come into people's life when it's time to shake them to change. And so sometimes it feels very chaotic when you're triggering people, but we're triggering people and rocking, you know, rocking everything so that the false foundation can be ripped away. And so a, a more sturdy foundation of independence can be built for their ascension. So I don't know if that, that answers. <laughs> <laughs> that answers 
in so many beautiful ways that answers everything. And it's amazing because one of the questions I wanted to speak to you about was your thought process and your beliefs around, you know, sexual energy and spiritual energy and how that's interchangeable. And so I I love that you sort of just went down that path and we can come back and speak about that a little bit more. But honestly, I loved hearing your whole journey and I am such a believer, always say like everything happens for you, not to you. I believe that, you know, everything that's a part of our path makes us who we need to be in the present moment for whatever it is that's actually meant for us. And I love that so much of what you said, like your journey in sex work, everything like that, that's come through full circle and is such an integral part of the way that you show up and do the work that you do now. And absolutely, you know, and I tell people human design is so beautiful because I'm a six two in human design, which is the role model hermit. And for the first 30 years of a role model hermit's life, they can be going the path that's not meant for them. So going to school and doing all of these things that was supposed to happen. And because you're supposed to surrender to the inner calling, a role model hermit has to surrender to their inner calling. So things were calling me, but again, back to the shadow work aspect, I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs. When I was starting to get these downloads, when I was ready to leave sex work, I heard, you're supposed to be a personality. And I'm like, how am I supposed to be a personality? I don't like being on camera. I don't like speaking out to the public. I'm nervous about, I had all of these, you know, self-limiting beliefs, but there was an answer to that calling that was pushing me towards doing that because the way that I started attracting my clientele eventually after many months of not pushing out my website was I finally just got on the porch, started speaking. I would wake up first thing in the morning, no makeup on, just with a cup of coffee. And I said, it is what it is. Get over yourself. Just get out there and speak. And so people really appreciated this really raw, authentic, not cookie cutter way of presenting the information. And what was interesting was that, you know, my intuitive downloads that I was getting about this personality aspect, because at the time before I was the trap, which I used to go by IMT Blanco. And that part of my personality was kind of developed as an alter ego to help, you know, pull these things out of me. I was really obsessed with Griselda Blanco. She was the godmother of cocaine. I found out she was an Aquarius and she was called like the Black Widow she was cutthroat and I was like how is she like this because Aquarius is we are not like this and I found out that this was the way that she started protecting herself through all of the trauma she had been through she built this you know super ultra ego in order to become this like boss woman and at the time I was really fed up with being like this good girl who was constantly getting taken advantage of so I had launched this ultra ego of IMT Blanco and I remember when I was like getting these personality downloads, I kept hearing talk in its rawest form, raw, stimulating and addictive. And so these were kind of the prompts I was like writing in my journal. And so finally everything kind of full circled and my trap, witch brand started taking off. I was like, wow, this is just what I wrote in the book intuitively. And it was the answer by trusting myself. I love that so much. And I resonate with you on so many levels. I guess it's the Aquarius thing. Like just in terms of wanting to sort of step so fiercely into your power and not always knowing how to do that. And I've definitely been on that journey myself where I feel like there's this, I actually had a conversation with my friend about this recently and I can feel myself stepping more and more into it. So I love this so much, but like just stepping into that, that edginess, that authentic self, you know, and I love that what you did was just sort of like built this alter ego, but then also by doing that, 
almost like came into your true self and was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to show up, no makeup. I'm just going to be here with a coffee. I'm just going to get over myself and I'm just going to let the downloads come through. And that is so powerful. And I think for so many people listening, it's so easy to overthink, especially if you have a calling, if you have something that you feel like, oh my God, this is the thing that I want to do, but you feel fearful, you feel scared. You don't know if you can do it. All of those stories and those limiting beliefs can come up. And I think, you know, what you encompass so well is just like you know get over it like take that messy action like just get out there you have to you know i gave a workshop the end of last year on social anxiety okay i deal with social anxiety i deal with imposter syndrome i deal with a lot of adhd stuff and sometimes you just have to get the fuck over it you know just do it because you're going to be procrastinating you're going to be waiting till you're perfect you're going to be waiting till you're this and yes there's a certain level of responsibility and accountability that comes with doing your own personal work before you go meddling in other people's lives as a practitioner or as an expert. But at the same time, sometimes we are putting these harsh standards on ourselves that the universe is not requiring of us. And so there's a quote by Joyce Meyer from her Confident Woman devotional, and it talks about not having to actually feel confident to be confident because you can still do things And I think I tell people a lot of times having a faith system or a practice of faith, and I'm not saying having a religious belief, but just having a spiritual practice allows you to tap into that confidence. Because here's the thing, you know, when we're people who read cards, you know, we're trusting ourselves to look for the answers. We're seeking. We're seeking the self-validation a lot of times. So for me, building that system of faith, there's times I might be terrified to do something or hit post or hit record. And Spirit's like, no, you you need to go ahead and hit record today because you don't know if that's your next 10 clients. You don't know if that's your next opportunity. But you need to do that shit scared. Just take the risk and so a lot of times if you're not someone who's willing to take calculated risks you're going to miss out a lot on life because faith is a combination of imagination and a lot of calculated risks thank you for sharing that so honestly too because the way that you show up it is fierce it comes across so confident you seem so sure of yourself but i love the transparency there leo rising things yeah (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. There it is. There it is. Yeah, truly. And I think it's wonderful for people to be able to hear that from you. It's just like, you know what? I struggle with the same feelings. I experience imposter syndrome. I have social anxiety. I have doubt. I have moments where it's like, can I really do this? And I too have all of those things as well. And I think it's important that people hear that because especially for those that are starting out at the beginning of their journey, whether it's a spiritual journey, whether it's an entrepreneurial journey, Sometimes they can look at people who have been on the path for a long time and think, well, shit, I don't know if I can ever get there. Like, you know, surely they don't experience that. And it's like, we definitely, definitely do. You have to be really confident about the type of relationship that you want with yourself. You can be absolutely terrified of your journey and the work and all these things that have to occur, but you can still wake up every morning and still be like, I am that bitch. I want to be that bitch. And just confront those fears and confront these things that are still invitations 
to what you want because a lot of times we can't be entitled about the things that we want we have to be willing to work for the things that we want and you know even for me i think i still have a humility around admitting where there's still imposter syndrome and anxiety all these things because at the same time even though i've been immersed in this work for five years I'm just getting started. This is still the beginning. So I tell people that because I'm not a believer in pushing microwave success, instantaneous satisfaction. There's still so much to come and there's still so much to tap into. So that's why when people are rushing to be like, I need to achieve this, it's like, come on. Like for me personally, I'm gonna be doing this until I die. So I need to be patient with myself about the process so good honestly so so good and again thank you for saying that part of my journey especially over the I don't know if what it is you know just the timing I don't know if it's going into my 30s I don't know if it was my sudden return like whatever it was but what you just said then lands so deeply for me there was a big stage of my life over the last five years where it was like this rush to success this rush to different levels of achievement and trying to push on push on next 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 and trying to that instant gratification like you said that instant result and I have never felt happier than I do right now because the focus has shifted away from that and I've worked through that and I've come to that place of like, oh my God, it's not about that at all. Like, you know, coming back into the present, enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. Like you said, we're doing the work, but we know that we're just getting started. Like there's so much ahead and not seeing that as a bad thing, but instead, you know, seeing that as a blessing. And I truly like that for me has created such a sense of inner peace and happiness. And so I just love that you shared that because for those listening. And I know that there's going to be so many listening who are achievers or success oriented or, you know, have big, beautiful goals. And that's amazing. And it's not to say those need to go away, but it's about enjoying the journey through those and towards them as much as the end result as well. So yeah, thank you so much for saying that. My favorite thing is that you're a projector and obviously for you, it's about, you know, waiting for the invitation. And my final question always with this interview, but I feel like it's so perfect for you is if there is something on your heart or something that is coming through that you feel called to share with us, what would it be? You know, is there anything coming through for you right now? Like, let this be your invitation to share. You know, I think that The journey for us here is ultimately about maintaining in a space of the highest unconditional love for ourselves, right? So that's not, you know, one of my friends always said, you know, he's like, I don't like to think of life as a roller coaster ride. He's like, I like to think of it as a carousel. And I think at times when we're going through our self-love journey, because our self-love journey ties into every relationship that we have outside of ourselves here, We have to know when it's time to slow down and when it's time to speed up, knowing when to let things go because they are parts of ourselves that are being shed away. You know, because I think a lot of times too, people have a hard time with grieving and they have a hard time with loss. And there's going to be so many times where we have to slow down because we're going through this grief and this mourning of things that are falling away from us, from ourselves, within ourselves, and also from the people that reflect those parts of ourselves back to us. So I think that, you know, because I've had to go through a lot of loss and I've had to go through a lot of letting things go in order to come into my highest capacity of self love. And so we always have to really 
hold our hands very loosely open, open enough to let things go, open enough just to still receive what's coming. So I would say on our journey, just, you know, be detached about the things that spirit is trying to help you let go of. And it's natural to mourn and to grieve those parts of ourselves that we're so comfortable with or the people that reflect that. But you have to just always keep your eyes on, you know, what's the life that you deserve to live? You deserve to live a life where you really love yourself, where you really love the relationships that are around you. You really love the life that you're living. And sometimes that takes sacrifice. And sometimes the things that we lose as a part of the sacrifice, and we might not understand that today, but we might understand that next year. So keep an open heart and open mind to the person that spirit might want you to be, or the people that they want you around or the life that they want you to live might be a lot different than what you expect. Because as human beings, a lot of us that are dealing with self-limiting beliefs and trauma and conditioning, sometimes we have expectations of who we are to be and spirit has higher expectations than we do. So that requires a little bit of a sacrifice from of our ego in order to understand that. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a beautiful ending to note on. And I love, 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 love that visual of the carousel as opposed to the roller coaster. I think that's something that a lot of us can really sit with as well. So thank you, my love. This has honestly been such a blessing getting to have this conversation with you today. I so appreciate you and all that you do. For those that want to connect with you, work with you, find out more, please let them know how they can do that. You can visit my website, www.thetrapwitch.com if you're interested in any services on Instagram, The Trap Witch. And if you have, you know, an inquiry, a concern about, you know, anything that you might be dealing with and you're wondering if I can, you know, assist you on that, feel free, thetrapwitch at gmail.com. Amazing. We'll put all of that in the show notes for you as well. So it's nice and easy and everyone can come across and connect with you there. So again, thank you, Beauty. This has been such a fantastic conversation. We so appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening, Beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.